we are the opposite of politically correct. You have been warned. Content is explicit. Welcome. You are listening to Bewitch Banter with two best friends. One skeptical over there is Amy. Yep, I'm here. And our resident believer, Krista. We talk about the universe and all its divine powers and beauty. Or what I would call magical thinking. But really, though, we do talk about the spooky, the spiritual, some whack-ass religions, cults, and the paranormal. And I like to bring us back to Earth and talk about how the science community debunks most of this shit. Yeah, this bitch needs to get right with the universe. We are not scientists, folks. (laughs) But we just love the universe up in here. (laughs) Yeah, we do not need a disclaimer. And today, we did not invite scientists on the podcast, but we invited my dear best friend from third grade, Jennifer and her husband, Jonathan. And it was such a great conversation. And they are like the lover version of me and Krista. (laughs) Their dynamic where... Jen is really in line with Krista with being spiritual. And then Jonathan's more on the side with me, more analytical, looking at things and more of a non-believer view. And they are the real living example that you can live together, be married, have kids and make it work. So we got that in store for us, (laughs) Krista. (laughs) And their daughter's beautiful. And also me and Amy are engaged and I'm pregnant, if you recall, from our (laughs) anniversary episode. So technically, we will be making it work as opposites besties. (laughs) We are married to this podcast and we are having the podcast baby, the Bewitch Banter baby. (laughs) So... (laughs) It was so fun. Thank you, Jen, for being our one and only fangirl. We love you. We do love you. Thank you so much. It was so fun. And we can't wait to have you back on the show. Anytime, girl. Today on Bewitch Banter, we have a very special guest, my best friend, Jen. She told the whole school (laughs) we were going to be strippers when we grew up. (laughs) Do you want to introduce yourself, Jen? (laughs) I am am not a stripper. I became a child. Childhood therapist. But yes, I did tell our fifth grade class that Amy and I were, that was our hopes and dreams to become strippers. I did cry. What led you down to this path of becoming like a child therapist over a stripper? Better pay, better benefits. (laughs) Better benefits. You know, I'd probably have to work out more being a stripper. That's true. And then we also, who's joining you today? And joining me is my husband. Also not a stripper. I'm Jonathan. We invited them on. Well, Jen kind of invited herself, which we welcome anytime, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just kind of invited, you know, us on because I'm so like Krista in my beliefs. And Amy reminds me so much of my husband. So, and this is just kind of our dynamic every day is like what you guys talk about. That's amazing. (laughs) And me and Amy are engaged and I'm pregnant. If you listen to our (laughs) other episode, I don't remember which one it was. So I think, oh, it's our anniversary episode in October. That's right. Technically, this feels like a marriage to Amy's point, but uh, it's been an incredible journey and like 
I'm just so grateful that I get to steal her over here in Arizona as a as a good friend. So thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Our listeners already know our beliefs, but I thought each of you could tell like your beliefs on like the spooky, the paranormal religion. I already know this, but let maybe Jen can go and then John. I just saw Jonathan's face real quick. I'm more spiritual than religious. As far as a God, I, I really don't know what I believe or what I would like define my religion as, but a lot of like Buddhism practices, you know, mindfulness, just being a better person, being a good person. I believe in ghosts. I like, I know Chris is like, give me the ghosts. Like, <laughs> I believe in bring ghosts. Them out, bring I, them out. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in everything kind of paranormal, you know, just kind of everything spiritual, astrology, all that kind of, you know, crystals, just give me all the kind of witchy stuff. I'm, you know, I believe in all that kind of stuff. And what about Jonathan? What's your beliefs? Or um, lack of beliefs, I should say, because I already know your position. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fairly card-carrying atheist. I don't believe anything okay. that's not provable provable by um, novel, testable predictions. So, yeah. I mean, no ghosts, no aliens, no I thought gods. you believed in aliens. Okay. Do you, um, were you raised atheist or is that something? No, like- I was, um, I was raised Methodist. I've actually was, okay. I was baptized Lutheran, confirmed into the Methodist church and saved under a Methodist, uh, preacher, minister. Something like that. Fun fact. Sorry. My face is too close <laughs> to the camera. <laughs> I love you, Jen. <laughs> We were both raised Methodist, and we both. That was my question. Okay, yeah. I know Amy was drugged to church with your family many a Saturday or Sunday. I was raised Roman Catholic, so that's where a lot of my spooky, ooky beliefs I learned stem from, actually. But that's what I was going to ask you, Jen. Was uh, do you feel like maybe being raised in some type of organized religion has influenced your belief in in the paranormal stuff? We really, we didn't, I don't know about your church, but we really didn't talk about a ghost a whole lot. I know a lot of my family members that are religious have had like ghost experiences from family members that have passed away. Mm -hmm. Like we're open to it, I think, but we really didn't talk a whole lot about ghosts or paranormal. I think I just personally, I believe in ghosts and a lot of my family members have had experiences. So it's like, I don't think they would make that up or, you know, I think they really did see like Mm -hmm. things or hear things. Jonathan, I was going to ask you, when did you, because obviously everyone has their own experience, like you're raised religious. When did you kind of stray from the church? Was Mm -hmm. it, I I know it's not usually like one moment, but what kind of led you to change your beliefs? It would have been around 20 years old is probably when I can really pinpoint that I no longer had any kind of feelings about Christianity. But I mean, it was probably a long, long time coming from about 16 on. 20 is when I kind of gave up and stopped trying trying to um, to find God or, or, or to seek him out. So no, there was no like definitive moment. There was no like, oh, aha. There was, it was just... It's hard to say that I ever really truly, truly believed. I know I did, but like the way a 16 year old would, the way. Like um, your parents kind of, you're like, right. you want, yes. I, like I want to please my parents. Basically. Well, so 
we moved to Indiana from California at my ripe age of 11 years old. So I was always seeking out a group that was accepting and felt like I could have, I belonged. A church youth group fills that void pretty quick. So that's where it started for me. And I did, I did believe uh, in my heart of hearts, I did. It didn't take much for me to start questioning it and not really leave the church. Talk, walk us through a day in the household. <laughs> it's not really anything novel or profound. Like this, we don't talk about religion on a day-to-day basis. I don't know that it's terribly important to both of us. We talk about our, our days and our goals in life, very secular manner. I think it's easier because I'm not super religious because we were talking about like, if I was very religious, went to church on Sunday, we don't know if it would work out. I don't think we would have made it. I don't think we would have made it this far. And I think some couples make it, but I don't know. Like it would be very, very difficult. I get some eye rolls sometimes or just like, oh goodness. Well, talking about that, Jen, since you're the therapist in-house, even though I remember back in the day you told me I was trying to get relationship advice and you told me you didn't know how to give relationship advice to normal people. (laughs) (laughs) I remember we were at the bar after a few drinks and I was like, I need advice. And you're like, I don't talk to normal people, but (laughs) how... I love it. She married me. Yeah. She's not normal. You're good. How would you, if you were talking, because I know you have done relationship counseling, but like, how would you talk to a couple who have extremely different views, like when it comes to like maybe religion or anything in that world? Like if they're having conflict, what kind of advice would you give them? Like, would you say get divorced or what would you tell them? I think... (laughs) I think it does, in a way, like on a level, it does make things harder. If he believed in rituals and like witchy things, ch- like charging my moon water or. What is that, by the way? What I did that? my moon bath last night. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you if you did anything because it was January 6th, a uh, uh, full I moon. I do. Every full moon, I read my tarot. I do a three card spread and yes, I reflect yes. and I take a bath. So nice. Wait, awesome. explain the moon water thing for a I second. I haven't done that. But yeah, you go ahead, Jen. Take it away. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, there's just different rituals you can do. Like, so you're supposed to leave just like a glass of water, or a cup of water outside, and the moon kind of charges the water. Just healing okay. powers kind of mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It would be nice to have a partner to like do things like that with. But mm-hmm. I just know now, like, he's just not the person I go to. I have, you know, my best friend is really... Do you want me to go outside and put water outside with you? I will go outside. I mean, you would roll your eyes the whole time. So that's why I don't ask you to like charge me. Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah, yeah. Like it would be like Amy would be like, oh my gosh, Jen, what the hell are you doing? Does Corey put glasses of water outside? I haven't noticed. But what I would say is like, it's it's going to be harder in ways. And we were talking about this too, like before the podcast, just how we make it work and kind of connect. It's just all about communication. And I think it's just respecting that. So what would you tell someone though, if someone wasn't respecting their, like, let's say someone comes in, they're a couple and the wife is like, my asshole husband named Brad. Oh, sorry. I thought you were just going to end it on my asshole. Where are we going with My that? asshole's talking to me at night. What would you tell them? No. What, what would you tell them if they said, like, my husband Brad is a dick and won't respect my beliefs? Like, 
how could someone like have that conversation with them? Like, how could you someone prompt the conversation with someone or like anyone listening if they have someone who doesn't respect their beliefs? Like, how do you set boundaries? Yeah, I think that's that's what I was going to say. Like, it's just all about boundaries. That's not okay to like eye roll when I'm doing this or like, you know, I need Mm -hmm. you to respect the fact that I go to church or, you know, respect Mm -hmm. the fact that I go to yoga every Sunday or, you know, whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's just all about like establishing boundaries and telling them, no, like I'm not okay with that behavior and that's got to stop and you have to show me respect. But then it's a, if they're not going to respect that boundary, then that's another thing. It's like, okay, right. like, what do you want out of this? Like, if he's not going to change, then, you know, are you going to show yep. him the door or not? So mm-hmm. I sure did. Me and Chris have had several conversations through the podcast about how like Krista sometimes will be like, well, it's just like, what's the harm in believing in mm-hmm. this? But sometimes I do think there can be harm when it causes people like to have illusions on like what's real in life. So if someone, for example, like, let's say, we know, like, conspiracy theories, like, QAnon and all that shit. Like, so if someone had a family member who believes in that and they, like, you know, there's a difference between Krista believing in tarot and I can kind of be like, oh, that's harmless. That's her doing self, like, trying self-improvement. It's not, like, making her live in this fake fantasy world or having, like, harmful views where she, like, wants to go out and, like, shoot people. That's the nicest thing she's ever said to me, you guys. (laughs) I mean, that I is not out. true. I did. <laughs> that is not true. I know it's not. <laughs> but if you had, if you had someone, uh, like if you have someone in your family, how would you even approach them? Though I guess, like, how do you get people to start to see reality? Like, how do you, mm. like, do you have clients that come in and you have these preconceived notions and you have to work through with like what you see isn't real? Like, this isn't real life or real reality of how you view yourself. I, I don't because I work now, I mostly work with kids and parents. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless, by the way. Huh? God bless <laughs> what you do, <laughs> truly. Because you probably see some shit. That's Trying another to change one kid at a time in this generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hard work. Yeah. But I think that brings up a good point because I'm sure like families across America are having to deal with that same situation and how and I think he'll he'll probably have a lot of opinions on this too like how extreme people are getting into stuff Mm -hmm. it's so scary and I think it's a lot of irrational stuff and trying to Mm -hmm. rationalize with this irrational belief system can be difficult I think it goes back to I say it's almost every episode but the world as a collective, the universe as a collective, we are all so sick because, as you well know, mental health has never been addressed or cared for at a mass cause or scale or addressed at the root. And I think people are going to those insane conclusions. We're all hurting collectively in so many different ways. And I think, to your point earlier, Jen, that's why so many people are reaching for these outlandish uh, band-aids to heal their wounds, uh, whether it be QAnon or whatever crazy religion, right? My, my therapist once told me that religion can be a drug just as much as food or sex or actual drugs. And um, the I, lamest drug. What religion? Oh, fuck, I'm, yeah. If I'm going to do a drug, I want to do something fun. We I know you're like, praise God. <laughs> but anyway, that was just one comment I had on that. And I think you know, that's probably why people are reaching towards all these things that 
And even even to that point, witchcraft, right? We just interviewed my friend Courtney, the our recent episode of the first of the new year. And it's all about just finding that autonomy and finding a DIY purpose, right? Some purpose, right? With all this yeah. shit going on in the world. That's my little soapbox of witchiness. <laughs> <laughs> my witch box. <laughs> my witch box. I love it. Jen, so you were raised Methodist, it sounds yeah. like, right? So what brought you to the more coven side of the world? Well, it was before Jonathan, like even, and, you know, and Amy probably had a lot of influence on me too, just to kind of think outside. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Outside the box, you know, because I feel like you were kind of getting there, Amy, in like high school and stuff, like getting there towards your belief of like a firm atheist. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just being around like different people and different ideas. And it's like this whole teaching is this mm-hmm. like real? Is this legit? And learn, like I was telling him about, I don't know if you were in World Civ, but we um, in high school just learned about different religions and different types of people. And I think just more education too. And I'm like, there's so many different things. Like, is this right? Like, you know, the mm-hmm. Christian, the Christian God, like, how can this be real, you know? Mm -hmm. And really for me, it's just what people have done to the religion, Mm -hmm. you know, like being a therapist, I feel like I have to be open with new people and very liberal with my social views and things like that. And how they've created divide with people that are transgender, gay, or just like, you know, believe in different Mm -hmm. things. Like that was really, I think, what, put me down the path of like other things. I just didn't like what they were doing with the religion. Is it equally as patriarchal as Catholicism? I I don't know. I think all Christianity is, isn't it? I feel like Catholic. I mean, you probably, it was probably like deep. Deep It's it's disgusting. I mean, so my mom was raised from kindergarten and she actually ended up going to a Jesuit college in Connecticut because of that. She was forced to right, her whole life before forced in it and she said girls you're gonna get your basic religious ed and then do what you want make your decision but through that you know you just see like all these things of like anti-abortion and my sister go figures an abortion provider today and ever since she was little I swear to god she used to like raise her hand and be like excuse me this is scientifically incorrect <laughs> like because they're teaching the rhythm method mm-hmm. at like um what do you call it the the, the marriage classes what's um, the rhythm method I've never really heard that it's 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 uh, apparently that you can do a certain rhythm to not get pregnant or sort to get pregnant. Excuse me, because what? they want you to procreate, obviously, make Jesus's children more what? God's children. Yeah, and she's like, um, actually, <laughs> that's not scientifically correct. But even before she became um, very into women's rights and health, um, she was very much she saw that patriarchal chokehold. Is my point. I was definitely. I had a, a little bit of mask over my eyes, I think, for many, many, many years. Not that I was like uber religious. I never was. We didn't ever go to church on every Sunday. It was, it was only Easter and like Christmas. We were like the right. quote unquote yeah. bad Catholics. Until the allegations of rape started coming out, pedophilia, I that's when I was like, oh, hell to the no. And then I started really researching it and was like, absolutely not. That's not something I can support. I just can't. And that kind of drew me more and more towards this alternative DIY spirituality and that's that was I'd say high school maybe middle school I don't I don't know I couldn't put a timeline on it but that yeah that's where I was like I definitely believe in something 
it, but Asher is not the one almighty white male god. Right. That's yeah. And I feel Amen like to that. yeah. And I was very blessed to have a CCD teacher, which is like basically Catholic ed after school. And he said he that's what he said. He said question everything. And that was and I was like sure do including the god you're preaching about (laughs) (laughs) but think yeah that's so true like think outside the box though you know it's like critical thinking that's what needs Mm -hmm. to be taught not just like this is the way it is because it's always been like that here's my other thing if you can't prove that it doesn't exist then how can you sit there and tell me well let's that it does that argument sucks dick it's the burden of proof fallacy what's that uh, the burden, burden of proof fallacy is you make a claim, then you put the burden of proof on me to disprove your claim. Mm. Whoever makes the claim proves Damn. the claim. So I don't, my belief in God is in a not belief in God. I don't say God or deity or ghost mm-hmm. don't exist. It's just not the answer I give to phenomena. Got it. So you, I respect that. You send something. Uh, whether it's a ghost or uh, with your tarot cards or you you always you put a, a woo-woo puts it on <laughs> puts that answer to the phenomena an atheist for lack of a better term doesn't um, Got it. There is, we don't have an answer for it so if you if you're putting the claim that there was a ghost then it's on you to prove that it was a ghost okay i respect that this. I respect that very I much. I agree because I, I feel like a lot of my thoughts when people say like when Jen was like saying earlier, like her family have experienced ghosts. I don't discount people's experiences of what they think they've seen, but I think there's something behind it that they that maybe we can't even explain, but there's something that happened and there's like you're saying, like there's some kind of proof. We just don't know how to explain it. When people tell me their experiences, I'm not discounting, oh, maybe you do feel like you saw that. But I don't really right. think it was a ghost causing it. Um, She discounts 11-11 sightings on the daily of mine. So, <laughs> Well, Krista believes in, what, do you, what is that? Synchronicity. Um, so I have literally seen 11-11, in any, the repeating ones in any form. It's called um, pattern, recon- re- pattern recognition. That's okay. Amy's claim. Uh, and again, I... I see her point. I do. However, like, it's not that I'm out there seeking this pattern. Yes, you are. You, ta- keep talking, you keep talking about it. So yeah. you're actually seeking it out. I'm not. Because every time I look up, it just happens to be that. And so then you... But it's a feeling. It's a feeling. It's so, like a connection. It's something that we can't yes. explain. You Thank know, you. and I think that's... I, I think he's always going to have a better argument because it's always going to be evidence-based and yes. proven. But mine's more of a feeling and a belief and a connection to something higher than me. Couldn't it be a placebo a placebo feeling? Like the feeling is coming from something. Chris, I think Krista has, it's a placebo because Krista thinks it's talk, like this number means something. And I think it's, she doesn't say she's seeking it out, but I think she is because she never messaged me. Oh, I saw 1237. Because if she started doing that, she would start seeing it more. I'm going to start. So that's confirmation <laughs> bias. Yeah, that's what I'm also looking for. Confirmation bias. It's a confirmation too. bias. You probably see nines everywhere you go, too. You just don't see them. Or you don't acknowledge them. Yeah. Your, you know your mind is too busy thinking of, is it 11? Is that what you were? 11, 11, 11, or, 11 repeating ones. Oh. Yeah. It's no, repeating ones. <clears throat> so, I mean, and that's just, that's, I mean, repeating ones is just repeating lines. You can see vertical lines everywhere. 
So, or that's you should true. Say, I mean, but I think there's something to I we I forgot what episode we covered this numerology perhaps. But and Amy's point was that there's patterns in nature. Of course there are, right? But yeah. Like to that end, and to Jen's point, like nature repeats itself. And I think that there's some type of psychic spiritual connection to nature and like repeating patterns. And again, I don't have the scientific basis or knowledge or background to back up what I'm saying. I don't. Right. It's just, well, it's an well, innate you're not wrong. intuition. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you. There are absolutely patterns in nature and we are pattern recognizing machines. Mm-hmm. We're just going to recognize those patterns just naturally. And then some of us are just going to make a connection to those patterns and see mm-hmm. something in them. But well, see, that just, my question always is what's wrong finish. with that? Oh, I'm sorry. No, there's I'm nothing sorry, wrong Jonathan. with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nothing wrong with that at all. You know, because we have this debate all the time, too, of like tarot. I'm not a diviner. Hell no. I can't fucking tell your future. I know nobody's future. I use it. Amy actually complimented me. I'm shocked. And it's, again, it's a self-improvement tool, right? I mean, that's what I'm using it for. It's not to define what the fuck I'm going to do tomorrow or find my next lover. What what am I seeking today? What do I need to improve on? And that's what I'm going to do. And so if I'm using it for that, whether it's placebo or not, what the fuck's the harm if it's for the betterment of myself or people or society? And that's what we always argue (laughs) But I don't, I've never said, I've never said it's harmful. I think it's when people take those cards and they actually think they have magical powers and they're like, well, the tarot card told me to go kill my grandma. So I'm going to go kill her. (laughs) Extreme extreme (laughs) example. Extreme example. But I'm saying it's when people don't, they reality, they start to lose reality is when these Mm -hmm. little harmless things can be harmful. I'm not saying your tarot cards are harmful because you obviously use them to better yourself. But some people could be like, the tarot card told me I have to do this. I don't know. Like, that's probably an extreme version. Well, it doesn't right. have to be a tarot card either. What if they just, they're taught to constantly, like, listen to what the intuition is in their head? Mm-hmm. So it's fine for you and you and Jennifer and me. But all of a sudden, you have a mentally ill person who's taught mm-hmm. from a child. To listen to the intuition inside their head. Mm -hmm. And so they do that and they grow up with this mentally ill that's completely undiagnosed Mm -hmm. for whatever reasons. And then they act it out. So, I mean, it it can be harmful to teach people to to that the voice inside their head is is, is something better than them or something bigger than them. We have an entire human history of people doing things because they believe God told them to sure. mm-hmm. or something bigger told them to. Sure. Um, so it can be harmful. Generally speaking, no. And I don't. And that scares me. The whole like God told me to tell you to do this or that's scary. There's some things that do. It's too much for me. Yeah, that's that's way so too much. My father was mentally ill, diagnosed, oh, treated his oh. whole life um, for it. Um, and he heard voices. Luckily for him, he got, he was able, he had a family that was supportive mm-hmm. and sent him in the direction to get help. Sure. So it never really caused any big issues for him. I mean, he wasn't in jail and he didn't hurt anybody. He never hurt himself. Sure. Um, so. But a lot of schizophrenia, schizophrenia people, they fixate on religious stuff. Yep. They fixate on the devil and God and they go like, cuckoo for they're always grandiose like they always feel like it's 
Like my dad was not not on a religious level, but he always thought like he would tell me he just got back from uh, Vietnam and then he'd start speaking gibberish. Uh, so he like he thought he was on this special trip in Vietnam. Uh, no, he was uh, no. No, no. <clears throat> too many drugs. <laughs> My dad too. Uh, what do you know? So, it was also <laughs> it was also the late seventies or mid seventies. Whenever he was eighteen, nineteen. So okay. Vietnam was Vietnam was actually dying down. Sure. He was never drafted, and then, um, but yeah, I mean, he did done a lot of drugs. So, how did you guys meet? On a happy note, tell me because I don't know the story. But we met, he's probably better at like the actual story, but we met through a mutual friend, my really good friend at the time. And she'd always talk about him. Like they're just kind of casual friends and they get coffee and stuff together. One night he was at the same bar and I was hanging out with Jessica. Mm-hmm. And I think he went over to say hi to Jessica. And I don't really remember it. It's pretty trash. fuzzy because I was <laughs> Never. <trash>. What? Jen, <laughs> drunk? So I just went up and talked to her and she was drinking. Back then she drank a uh, gin and gin tonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. And so the little the little stir straws, Yeah, she was drunk and she was trying to find the stir <laughs> Oh no, I love you Jen. So <laughs> my first line to I'm her was, don't you hate it when your straw betrays you? Um, oh, she left. We talked for a little bit, but I knew she was too drunk to really carry too much of a conversation. So I think I was only there for about 40 minutes, but then I messaged Jessica as soon as I left and uh, asked if, if it'd be all right if I looked her up on Facebook and messaged her. And she said, yeah. And oh, my God. The rest was history. You. Now we have a daughter. <laughs> yeah, Jessica's beautiful, like, Jonathan thinks you're beautiful. I'm like, Aww. really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god there's hope this is good this is giving me <laughs> and she actually lived uh a couple hours away she, so yeah I lived in at Evansville. the time yeah i lived in a different city she lived in indianapolis yeah. and we made it work for just a little over a year um okay traveling back and forth oh. you, i didn't know the straw story oh, that's adorable yeah. love at first straw i love that <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I didn't pull mm-hmm. up and like hand her my atheist card or anything. <laughs> Do you believe in God? <laughs> it wouldn't have worked out. That was a little weird. She did have cross earrings, and I remember she wore them. I had cross the- earrings. Yeah. Well, really? Maybe not that night, but you wore cross earrings for oh, uh, I don't months remember and months those. afterwards, and we never really broached the subject. I yeah. was more religious when we first started dating too. Before this podcast, we've kind of talked about like how you're with somebody for so long, you kind of mold into like the same person. Oh, 100%, yeah. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, (laughs) like you're just kind of, you know, we think a lot alike and, you know, we know what each other likes and all that kind of stuff. So I'm definitely, I think I might have been going to church at that time too. We've definitely like influenced each other. I have a question. It's kind of more serious, but so when it comes to your kid, Scarlett, have you guys had like conversations like how you're going to approach that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that really helps too, like being on the same parenting mm-hmm. guidelines. Cause we talked a lot before we had kids, like how we want to raise our kids. And it's kind of, I feel like it's a lot like how your parents raised you, Amy. Like, they didn't talk negatively about it. They let you figure out what you believed in. Like they allowed you to go to church with me and, you know, just kind of pick 
what you believe in. I want to be open with her about like just what I believe in and my thoughts. And I'm sure Jonathan will be open with her too, (laughs) allowing her to just kind of explore on her own and just be supportive of her through that journey is kind of, I think. Yes. What we're going to do. Well, with my family, I remember like, cause I would go to church like after slumber parties and like, yeah, there was a stage, I think, like, maybe middle school, maybe even early high school, where I was, like, religious. So I went to I went to a church camp, and I remember – I don't know if I ever told you this story, Jen. I was at a church camp, and I think Tara Neff invited – Tara Neff oh. maybe invited me. I can't remember who invited me, but – I so went I to church there, with her a couple times. And they asked – so they had us uh, during the church camp raise – they're like, for anyone who's not saved, raise your hand. And they made everyone close their eyes, right? And so I raised my hand and they're like, do you want to be saved tonight? So I saved myself that night. And then I told, I remember I told the camp counselor later, like I saved myself. Well, the church we were going, like I went to, I remember it was all like, if you're not saved, you're going to hell. And I remember yeah. in that time of my life, I was really struggling with it. So I was like, none, no one in my family's religious. And I, yeah. that's when I try to save my dog. <laughs> Oh, I do remember you telling me that. Yeah. That is so funny because I'm pretty for sure. I wasn't at my church that I was saved. I think it was at Tara Neth's church. It's not a Methodist belief system. Yeah, it's not a Methodist belief system. So I was, it was at somebody's church. It might've been her church. And it was just during like a youth group kind of thing. That seems so psychologically fucked up to do to a youth or child. It is. Yeah. So yeah. Amy, when you when they all close their eyes and you were asked to raise your hand or everybody raise their hands if they weren't sick, did you feel pressured to or spoken to to do it? Um, I don't think I could speak much on how I felt, but I definitely felt like embarrassed because it was kind of yeah. like you're the one okay. who's not saved because it's obviously yeah. like everyone else was saved and I don't think I ever told you I don't know if I ever Jen you remember this but I went to church with you one time and there was some lady who was teaching Sunday school Uh and she asked for my address because she was asking me she's like well as a family what do you guys do and I was like well we don't go to church and then she would write me a a letter every Sunday saying she missed me (laughs) did you know that really I wonder who it was that no she was like yeah she like got my address and she would write me cards all the time like we missed you this Sunday we missed you this, and it was always the same thing. Like she didn't have much else to say. Like we missed you that's this like Sunday. Okay, so that's we, what I'm saying. Creepy. Don't like. That. Yeah. Circling back to where beliefs become harmful, she certainly didn't believe that she was being harmful. Yeah. But sure. that can be very damaging. Yeah. And very creepy. Um, very creepy. So beliefs can yeah. be harmful, whether you, you like sure. it or not. Mm-hmm. So, Starter, then you had mentioned early on, too, that you were, quote unquote, saved. Uh, did you yes. have to go through the similar experience that Amy just described? Uh, yeah. I mean, my, so, again, I was always trying to fit in. That was, like, the reoccurring theme of my youth. I never really... I think we all were. A lot were. of people were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I always were. felt like the new kid. Yes, I felt pressured to wow. raise my hand and be saved. I remember I went home and told my mom that at this event I got saved and she was like, that's not what we do. So, but wow. I, I didn't, didn't bother me. I, I had friends that, that understood. So. Wow. See, that's so interesting. I learned something new today. So I thought 
being saved was like a Christian thing. I didn't know it mattered well, on the denomination of your the like of the Christian faith. So like Baptists believe in just being baptized and then being baptized again. Methodist is you have to be baptized and confirmed is all it takes. Okay, I didn't know all that. In order, the confirmation is your quote unquote saving. Because I had to do classes to actually be like confirmed in the church. I think maybe oh, I was you? like eighth grade. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I had to yeah. do like classes, but it was all like I took a test. Mm-hmm. Test? Yeah. yeah. I don't have to do any test. I like phoned it in and it was just like, you need to do, here's my confirmation. Do 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 here's my confirmation. It was my confirmation. Pass fail, but it was basically wow. what are the commandments? Who's Jesus's mom? Stuff like that. It was pretty yeah. simple. Who's Jesus's mom? She got it going on. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus mom has got it going on. <laughs> but that brings up a good point. Now I'm just like kind of scared if Scarlett goes with a friend to church. Like I need to do research beforehand to make well, sure like, you know, these things don't happen because I don't want to prepare this. her for what to expect. This yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> I can talk a lot on this subject because I, I remember one time I got invited to like a 24 hour lockdown. You couldn't eat or something. That's yeah. Where I, I was saved. crying before I went. Cause I was like, I remember oh, I'm so sorry. You guys, my heart like literally hurts right now, but I was crying because I remember I was, felt like I was going to be such an outcast because I knew they were going to go around and say the church. And I was like, always kind of like the black sheep because I didn't have religious parents. I remember beforehand saying down my mom crying. I was like, I'm just so embarrassed because we don't go to church. And I like it, but that's hard. At the end of the day, I think it was good. My parents let me go experience that. I don't re- like, I think what my yeah. parents did was right. Cause I got to experience like going to all these different churches. And then on my own accord, I could decide like if I believe or I don't believe, but at least I got like the experience. I, I know it was like, sometimes I felt like an outcast or I was embarrassed by like my family not believing in it, but I don't think it was anything like harmful. <laughs> maybe it was a little character building I needed in, in the end of the day, like to <laughs> maybe more like, and I think, by doing that, it made me more open to other people's beliefs. Cause I remember when I went to college yeah. and I made friends with like Matt and Joan, all of them, they were like atheists. And I hated when we had parties when they would like try to shove their atheist views down on like religious people. Cause I'm like that you're just one extreme is not, yeah. doesn't make up for the yeah. other extreme. Right. Right. At my suta at my apartment, He's only like 28 years old. So first of all, ew. But second of all, he <laughs> was talking a lot of great sex sexed game. And I was like, okay, what's up? What's up? What's up? And then he all of a sudden, after I broke my ankle, which I'm finally healed, but he yeah. um, was talking. It's like something about like, I need to give my life to Jesus and God bless you. And he would keep going on and on and on Red and flag. on about Jesus and God bless you. And then just <laughs> last night, homie texted me and was like, I had to move out and it's better this way. And I can tell you don't want to be my friends, but it was blessing meeting you. God bless. And I, and I go, whoa, Assumption City number one. I was trying to at least get coffee with you, but you made it clear yeah. you didn't want a romantic relationship. I'm looking for D right now. Okay. That's my life goal as a 35 year old single woman, but yeah. I respected your Jesus views and I'm still going to get coffee with you, but yeah. you just blew it up your chances last night. And then and I was like, God bless, deuces. <laughs> so, <laughs> see you later, homie. I feel bad, but like clearly unstable because one minute he was like so sweet and trying to be sexy. And then he was like, Jesus, Jesus. And I was like, I I ain't going there. Bye. See you later. So, yeah. Yeah. Like anyway. if somebody's 
doesn't really know you that well and is already talking about Jesus, I feel like that's a red flag. Yeah. Major. Throw yeah. it up. Throw it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, A, yeah. do you know how to have like a good time? I'm not ever like texting people like, hey, you want to talk about Jesus tonight? <laughs> you ever seen Jesus? That was a good looking man. I mean, he's good looking. Jonathan, I yeah. love you for that because I don't know if Jen's made you listen to this part of the podcast, but we have a thing called Sexy Jesus because I think Jesus was a fine-ass brown man who had a lot of ladies and maybe male suitors. I think he got around, and I think he was fine as fuck. I'm just saying. Did you just say <laughs> Jesus was bisexual? I think I, I bet he was. I thought I he mean, he did surround himself with a lot of men. He had a lot of miracles to work. You know what I'm saying? Miracle pipe. I don't know. <laughs> you know? I know how to put it down, flip it down, and reverse it. So anyway, sexy Jesus is actually is welcome. Sexy hilarious. Jesus. Sexy Jesus is a bewitch banter staple. Just did you just say Jesus knows how to lay the pipe? Yeah, sure did. Of course he does. Well, no, he was a carpenter, not a pipe fitter. Well, hey, uh, Carpenter's got good hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> Strong hands. It works for me, too. <laughs> I'm just glad that you um, also agree that Jesus was an attractive man. Thank you, Jonathan. Oh, <laughs> yeah. not just he me. Hot. On that cross? Hell yeah. Yeah, but he was mm. also like a doomsday prophet. So yeah, I don't know that you would have gotten... Point. I, don't know I would have been a fangirl, though. Bit, I would have been like, but... yeah, under the world, you're sexy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just speculating because I am often uh, on the prowl. So, <laughs> Wait, what, what were you going to say about him being a doomsday prophet? What do you mean by that? Well, I don't really believe in like the biblical Jesus, right? Historically, what he probably was was just a doomsday, not I shouldn't say prophet, but rabbi. Um, mm, everybody agrees mm-hmm. that. He probably was. He probably did exist. There was probably a rabbi back then mm-hmm. named what was it, Yeshua or Jesus? But mm, then, Jesus. Jesus, yeah, definitely Mexican. Most of his teachings were these are the end of days. When I die, um, mm-hmm. what is it? The right rock then. will crack, um, and I will come back, and I will bring you all with me. The fact that it's two thousand plus years later, um, and he still hasn't come back, is just proof. That- <laughs> He's so deadpan. <laughs> it's been 2,000 years, Jesus. Yeah. We're waiting. Oh, you're we're really late. Like, really late. Really late. <laughs> really late. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, and then the other reason why you probably oh, want to have coffee with him, he's not very punctual. Um, yeah. yeah, amen. You're right. But well, anyway, see, he, he is a Latin man. What do you know? Meant, they had no concept <laughs> of, of thousands of years back then. Mm-hmm. That's just silly. Um, but yeah, that's what yeah, he was. Yeah, it's interesting. A doomsday rabbi. Not yeah. Often, I don't know you know what's funny? Like you brought up rabbi and I don't think they, well, Christianity obviously takes its own lens. But like back in the day, I was watching some history channel thing and he was actually doing good things that sounded like until it got co-opted into Christianity and became like all about money and power and control. But it sounded like to me, he was actually really trying to teach people about positive ways to live not very far off from like what Jen and I's beliefs are of just like being united and nature and like taking care of one another and you know the 10 commandments in a sense but not not so co-opted by you know uh, authoritarianism essentially right yeah and power 
So are we still talking about Jesus? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> like, we lost names. <laughs> so, Amy's eyes glazed over. It's, it's hard to say yeah, like, what, what you did in the Sorry. Um, I mean, before there was, I don't know the, the, the term, I think it was like the, the Council of Sinai or Sinai. They that got together. Similar. Say it again. Oh, I was going to say, sorry, that sounds similar to what I was watching. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and then they got canonical. together and they decided the, the canonical books of the Bible. I think it's 66 books in the Bible. But before that, there was a whole bunch of other books. You can go on, you can go online and find mm-hmm. out some of the books that were axed out and said, these don't follow the teachings or these are divinely inspired. So a group of men, speaking of the patriarch, got together and said, these are the divine teachings of God. This is what he wants you to know. And that's what you read as the Bible now, for the mm-hmm. most part at least. To say that this is what Jesus did and didn't teach, again, this question. Who knows? Exactly. And that was my biggest question when it came to the Bible. Like, because I, I know they said that it was like passed down. And I was like, that's like telephone. Like, how do people believe that this is the word of God when it's had been in so many people's hands of power mm-hmm. that had authority to change it? And that was like probably one of the big arguments maybe that caused me not to believe in it. Because I started to be like, well, who wouldn't change it? Like, and how can you b- trust these people? They passed it down for that, like, I don't know, 2000 years. I never know the time frame of when Jesus was around, but <laughs> like, well, I guess it's BC. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I swear I'm not dumb. <laughs> and people taking it still to today, like taking it so literally, you mm-hmm. know, or out of complete context. Yeah, making it their own. Yes. There's a new documentary ridiculous. coming out. I believe it's called 1956. Someone can correct me if okay. I'm wrong. But it talks about how, like, at a certain date, let's say 1956, they started changing the ver- verbiage in the Bible. Um, like the word homosexuality wasn't even in there until this mm-hmm. they, this revision until 1956, something like that. Yeah, that recent. Yeah, well, there's recent. a lot of like a lot of things happened when communism was like taking over. They uh, started mm-hmm. really like combining them with religion. So mm. that's that's scary. Yeah, so whenever we started seeing um, in God we trust on our money, that's when we mm-hmm. put uh, God into oh, our pledge of allegiance. So I didn't realize in God we trust wasn't always on on the bills. No, no, that's since the fifties. I mean, nineteen fifty six wow. may not be the exact date, but it's the fifties. And same wow. thing for um, One Nation Under God. Uh, it was wow. that's, that's interesting. All in it was all to combat um, the communism? rise of communism. Oh, they started because oh, well, communism kind of built itself as atheist and non theistic. They weren't; they mm-hmm. were just secular. It was. Not even true communism. It's closer to statism. Sorry, now I'm tangenting. Uh, oh, no, that's okay. There's a new documentary that talks about how, like, they started changing the verbiage in the Bible to be anti-homosexual and wow. Uh, I'm gonna have to watch that. Speaking yeah. of, of, to really, it was uh, they had a new agenda essentially. Yep, yeah, right. Money and power, but it's always been about since fucking day one, since Jesus. Well, yes. and that's another thing with religion. And now I know it's not all Christianity, but at least the churches I was exposed to, it was like, we are the lucky ones who get to go to heaven, but heaven forbid this person hasn't encountered this mm-hmm. teaching and they go to hell. And I was like, I just can't understand, wrap my head around that you want to be- 
believe in someone who'd be like, hey, you didn't believe in me, so now you need to be punished for eternity. Yep. Just yeah. some of the arguments didn't make sense to me. Yeah. So it's always been uh, a thorn in the teaching that any God that says I have to bend a knee to him is just not worthy of my my worship or my devotion. It's just not. I appreciate that. Um, maybe very I'm much. a little bit more into democracy than authoritarianism, but <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so I, I've always believed that leaders that don't want to lead are the best. People that just kind mm -hmm. of get thrown into it. People yeah. that really want to be want to lead and want to be powerful, and this is just more on an earthly level than a heavenly, are better leaders. People who just they 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 mm -hmm. feel compelled to do it because one reason or another they they want to help humanity they have a good motive they have a good motive yeah people who just want to lead because they want to be in charge or they, they like the power mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it's usually bad bad people so then you apply that to a heavenly level uh god's very very authoritarian mm -hmm. the first mm -hmm. four or five commandments are basically right. how to worship him yeah and i feel like that's just the um a disservice. There's so many things he could have listed in those ten commands. And again, why li why limit yourself to ten? But child molestation is not even in there, which always bothered me. That's I mean, pretty bad. I mean, there's there's all these instructions on how to worship him, but no mention of like, hey, maybe you shouldn't own people as slaves or property. Right. Well, it was written when they people had slaves, so well, it makes sense. Why? The, how, yeah. How very an anthropomorphic. Mm, yeah. Big word. Well, I mean, isn't, I've been the, isn't the, aren't most monotheistic gods very anthropomorphic? It's just it's us projecting our views and our zeitgeist yeah. onto yeah something very much. more. So, for the non-believers, when I'm going through a difficult time, I typically I'll have like coping mechanisms and things I can fall back mm -hmm. on and do to help myself. When it's really rough. I do go into the spiritual route and, you know, try to practice more or do more. And that really like kind of helps me get out of runs. Mm -hmm. So for the non-believers, what do you guys like, what do you guys do to function and to help yourself get out of ruts or get out of bad times or like when you do have bad experiences to kind of help you get through it? I think I, first of all, I do want to put out there, I've lived a very privileged life. So I don't feel like I could say that. I mean, I've been, everyone has their highs and lows, right. but I haven't been through anything too traumatic. Thankfully, knock on wood, uh, like I haven't lost a parent or ex experienced any of that yet. So yeah. I think when that happens in my life, that it's going to really unsettle me. And that's going to be really hard to, because I don't have that spiritual background or the belief in God to be, believe that my family's in heaven when I, that day does come, it's going to be really rough for me. I will say that. And like, I'm not going to be prepared for it probably because I don't have those spiritual beliefs. So that is going to be tough. When I have been like down or depressed, I really think like, I just like go out and distra distract myself. I was going to say that next. Sometimes I hit the bottle hard, which is a definitely not a healthy coping mechanism. But I have been doing I think you have had that moment you're like drinking wine, getting a little drunk because you're sad, but yeah. And I do think that'll be hard, but I do think one thing and Corey always says this and I kind of love it. Yeah. Corey's family's religious and now he's 
I don't know if he's like totally atheist, but he's kind of doesn't believe in a God, but he always says we have one life and how beautiful is that? Like you have to make it the life you want and make the most of it. But if this is your only life, you better live it the way you want to and make the most of it. I think it's hard for me to talk about just because I haven't had like that really traumatic episode because when I think I lose my first like person I'm really close to, that's gonna be really tough for me. I yeah, because I feel like grief, you know, I do a lot of grief work with kids and everything and coincides a lot with religion and Mm -hmm. spirituality and just feeling connection. We tap into that a lot. It would be hard to navigate that I think as an atheist. I probably will be hitting the wine bottle hard. (laughs) (laughs) When I die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When Jen. I probably won't be able to function. But I think most people, when you have extreme grief, like nothing in life prepares you for that. Yeah. You just have to go through it, you know? I think I handle it just like anybody else. I just don't pray. I mean, so. he's ha- He has had people, like his uncle was his best friend. Mm-hmm. And he never swayed through the whole whole thing i don't I know just, he I just mean, got I, through I it call, I, it's just everything that everybody else does minus prayer and and that's not to say i don't actually pray i'll, I'll i remember there was a night that i broke down when uh, my uncle after he was diagnosed and working in the medical field for the small time that i did i knew how bad his prognosis was mm-hmm. um so i broke down in my car driving home, I pulled over and cried and yelled mm-hmm. and screamed at something I don't even believe in. Asking mm-hmm. why, what am I going to do? I wasn't, I wasn't talking to anybody. I wasn't, there wasn't anybody in the car, but I would just, I remember repeating, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What, how does this work without him? It, it's as much of a prayer as I'm ever going to get out. But yeah, I, I go through the process like everybody else. Um, I grieve. I lean on friends and family. I Jennifer was around. She was an instrumental mm-hmm, part mm-hmm. in getting me through it. And then, yeah, I drink like any other 30-year-old. <laughs> um, We're all guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> that coping mechanism. Prayer is a great thing. Taking a moment to be mindful and reflect on what's happening, talk to something that you believe is going to help you through it, I think is a great thing. You never tell someone. My mom, my mom tells me on a regular basis, you may be an atheist, but I'll pray for you. You know, and that's fine. I think, it's, I think it's great. If it comforts my mother, then it's great. So you pray, but you just don't pray to a higher power. I don't actually believe you just like kind of talk to yourself. Yeah. Do you guys think more of like the universe? Kind of as like, because I don't, I do. I think, I think Me like too. the universe is kind of like my heaven almost. Me too. Yeah. So there's, there's like, there's more, you nature know, like. Nature and universe, right? Universe arguably is nature, right? So yes. I, I think that's well, where I like lean to. So there's natural, yeah. naturalist pantheism, which mm-hmm. effectively says the universe is the higher power or the, or the being. Mm-hmm. And you can either think that it has a, a mind an unembodied mind and is interacting with you or with itself or it doesn't. I mean, I, I, you can definitely lump me in with a, uh, a naturalistic pantheist. I, I believe the universe exists. I believe it's probably the highest power, highest form of energy, energy there is, mm-hmm. but I also don't believe that it's an unembodied mind. I don't think that the universe is interacting with me uh, and helping me okay. out. 
uh, or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like the the universe is probably like, God, can you get off like this planet? Like, like the general, like. Can I just, just explode now? <laughs> not, not, not general me, but like, I feel like everyone are like, damn, you're like me climate change just, like fuck you like we've had enough of you humans yeah. get off of here just the idea that the universe <laughs> your time. the exclamation of god is is humorous to me like the, the unembodied universe would be like god dang it i always joke like the aliens just drive past us because they're like we're not fucking with earth that's a shit show <laughs> who wants to fuck with us yeah you know, we're destroying ourselves we're good i so, do have a serious question yeah do you drink your moon water or what do you do with it? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> Stewing on it. Oh my God. I mean, what do you do? <laughs> what do you like, do with this moon water? <laughs> I usually don't drink it, but I have like washed my hands with it or like put it on, you know, it's just kind of like a healing, yeah. another healing property. Okay. My mind is blown. <laughs> Can we wrap it up on that note on moon water? Do you think? What it is? What's the sign off? Our sign off? Peace be witches. Oh, yes. Okay, I'll do it. Peace be witches. Peace. Peace. <laughs>